This episode is sponsored by Echo. Hear clearly, care confidently. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E-K-O health.com. And use code JSP for $50 off any stethoscope. Just Some Podcast Media. The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, how are you, man? Busy. I don't know what happened. You know, COVID started calming down. Everything around the office started calming down. Yeah. And not now. I don't know what happened. It just all of a sudden, I'm like, why is it so busy all of a sudden? But good problem to have. Happy about it. Just... Just keeping me on my toes. But other than that, pretty good. Weather's starting to warm up. I mean, went to the zoo the other day, got to walk around for a while with the kid nice. and the wife. And yeah, it was it was a nice day. So how are things in your neck of the woods? Yeah, things are uh, busy here also. But you know, knock on wood, we're down into single digits for the COVID cases. Hopefully it stays that way. But definitely still seeing a lot of busyness in the office, which again, like you said, good problem to have. I mean, I'm not complaining. And of course, I mean, just some podcast media, man, we've been crazy busy also doing all kinds of great stuff to expand the footprint, so to speak, I guess would be a good way to word it. Yeah. If you do not have us on social media, you probably will soon. <laughs> Lots of stuff going on there. We're really broadening out all of the podcast under just some podcast media. So it's an exciting time. It's a busy time, but I think it'll be worth it in the end. Absolutely. And since you mentioned social media, let me do that real quick and then we'll introduce what this episode is. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube all at Just Some Podcast. Our website is www.justsomepodcast.com. Our email, jsp at justsomepodcast.com. Tom, if they wanted to help out the show, what else could they do? Well, they could go to our website. They could scroll down to just about the bottom of the page, at which point they will find an Amazon affiliate link. The important part is that they click on that before they do any searching or put anything into their cart. It doesn't cost them a thing. They won't even know we were there, but it helps out the show, and we would really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm really excited about this episode because this is going to be a returning feature on our show. I don't even know where I came up with this idea, but I did somewhere in, in the the crevices of my mind. And I thought, you know, it would be dark, deep crevices. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's like a couch cushion in there. I thought it'd be great if we could reach out to students that are just starting their program. And then we're going to kind of just touch base with them in the spring, in the fall, as they're going through each semester, just to kind of touch base, see how things are going, see how their opinions of stuff are changing, things of that nature. So we reached out to Casey, who's a, a Brand new PA student. Actually, when we interviewed her, it was day one of PA school. And uh, I actually know her personally. And so she was more than gracious to come on the show and visit with us. And then we have Amberlyn, who is a nurse practitioner student. And she'll actually start in May. So we get to kind of uh, 
pick her brain as to why she wanted to go to NP school and things of that nature. And here's a fun fact. You know, we talk about how we love interaction from our listeners. That's how this started. Amberlin sent us a message and said, hey, I just want to let you guys know, I'm, you know, starting nurse practitioner school, love the show. And we reached out and said, hey, why don't you come on the show? And not only come on the show, but why don't you be a recurring feature? So we appreciate her for doing that. We appreciate both of them. They were great interviews, had a awesome time doing them. But like you said, I think it's going to be fascinating to go back and talk to them again in a couple months and say, okay, where's all that starry eyed optimism? Like, let's, let's hear what you say now. And I don't necessarily think or want to see it burn out, but it's going to evolve in a way that only people that have been through certain things can really reflect on. And having been through nurse practitioner school, I could tell you it's not always, you know, a bag full of skittles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not. It's not always a a great time. So, uh, I I want to see how they feel and see because when I did it or when you did it, it was from your own point of view. You know, I mean that seems pretty obvious, but to hear somebody else talk about it and get to pick their mind a little bit, I think is going to be really uh, eye opening, not just for myself, but hopefully for the listening audience. Well, and for myself, I mean, I went through school. I graduated nine years ago, so oh yeah, so lots of change too. Yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah. That's so I, mean, thing. I think that's going to be an interesting aspect to it. The other thing that Tom had come up with with them, and I think this is a great idea. So we asked them five questions at the end of our interviews, like we always do. We're going to, for the first time ever, with a repeat guest at the end of their programs. We're going to hit him with five questions again just to see how much stuff has changed. So I think that was a great idea on your part. And and I think it's going to change a lot. Like, I'm only half joking because they're all – when you guys hear the interviews, you're going to understand. They are very optimistic. They're go-getter. Like, they are just full of piss and vinegar right now. And I made the joke, but I'm only half jesting that at the end of it, they're going to be flicking a cigarette going, okay, I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> like I'm ready to get on with my life. And to an extent, I I can't wait to hear it because I want to be like, yeah, here we go. Now, now life is, you know, starting to kick in, but it's going to be a great time listening to this. I hope everybody really enjoys it. And um, yeah, I, I, I just want to get started on the show. Absolutely. So here is our interview with Casey, and then we'll take a break after that, listen to our sponsors, and then we'll jump into our interview with Amberlin. All right, Tom. So we have Casey with us, and Casey is a PA student officially today, correct? Yes. So why are you laughing already, Tom? I'm I, I was going to say, all she said was yes. I'm like, you realize this is a show where they listen. Stop so it. You, you, <laughs> I was just... <laughs> I answered the question. <laughs> oh, Ben. So this will be the one and only <laughs> interview with Casey. She won't come back after this. Stop it. <laughs> so Casey, kind of fill us in on how you got to PA school. Let's start with that. When I came to my undergrad at Pittsburgh State University, I am also an alum like Ben here, you know, didn't really know what we wanted to do. So I just got thrown in like the pre-meds route. You know, I considered nursing, but I didn't ever really see myself as a nurse. I was like, is that me? I don't know. So, but you know, at Pitt State, you you all start out taking the same classes even before 
nursing school. But after your freshman year, that's when you apply to nursing school. And that's just something I never did. I thought, okay, let's maybe be more of a doctor. I don't know. Maybe I could do that one of these days. And then my sophomore year, I transitioned to my genetics teacher showing us the new curriculum that they added for pre-physician assistant students. And I was like, well, hell, I've already taken half of these classes. So then that's when I started, you know, asking questions and she became a great advisor for um, just like basically what I needed to do, what the GRE was, what interviews meant, what CASPA. And then my junior into senior year was when I really started applying and I applied last cycle. However, I think I got the boot because of COVID. I was supposed to go to Mexico and go and help poverty communities down there in the summer of uh, 2020. Clearly that didn't happen, right? So I had to find all these other alternative routes to not only gain experience, but like to make me stand out as an applicant. So last cycle, I did not get in. That's okay, because I didn't graduate until this past spring. So I was kind of one of those early applicants. So I reapplied this cycle and I condensed my applications. I applied to like 15, my first application cycle that costed like over three grand. I don't know what I was doing. I will probably never do that again. So then I, you know, I just reduced it to 11. This well, cycle. Cool. Yeah, that's much cheaper. <laughs> Smaller yeah. than, I guess. It was yeah. like, only like two grand, you know, but I got some re-interviews from some other schools that I applied to last cycle because I was waitlisted last cycle through two programs that I really liked, Wichita State and then Northeastern State University down in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. So this cycle, I applied to more programs in the area like UMKC, Missouri State University, those two that I had applied to last cycle that I was waitlisted through, all the way up in Nebraska, Oklahoma City University, several options. And I had interviewed with Oklahoma City University they are a private institution, so that means more money, and that was just a lot. And then Creighton University, I was really wowed by them. I did enjoy them. And that's up in Nebraska. And then Missouri State University. And then I had one more. Anyways, besides the fact, because I'm at Missouri State University now. And so what I really liked about Missouri State University was during their interview process, they had a, a two-day event. You were invited to come and interview for two days. Your first day was like an orientation type day. And you got to meet the entire panel that was going to interview you. You took a tour of the entire campus of the health science building, got to meet all, I mean, a whole range of kids. They were also, I'm not kids, but like individuals. I'm a kid. So that's the reason why I said that. But uh, a whole bunch of individuals that were, you know, trying to pursue the exact same thing as me. I got to meet two girls. One's my roommate. And she's a rock star. Her name is Gabriella that went to Missouri State University for her undergrad. So she's been very helpful, just like showing me what Springfield's all about, showing me how to work all of the applications that we use for our classes and stuff like that. And then another girl that's actually from Arkansas and Oklahoma area. And so I've already made these connections and these girls are actually in my cohort. So I think that's absolutely awesome. When are you slated to graduate? In December of 2023. So we talked a little bit before the show and, you know, found out like your background with your education. So one of the things that's very different for NPs versus PAs for the listeners that don't know this, you guys can realistically have a pretty diverse background. Like nurses are the only ones that can, you know, apply for a nurse practitioner. Have you noticed or have you met a wide variety of people with different backgrounds? Like have you've been in classes with people that start off with like finance majors and now they decided, oh no, I want to go into being a physician assistant. Like, have you noticed a very diverse cohort? 
Absolutely. So my roommate, she was a cellular molecular. So like that's like crazy, crazy smart, in my opinion. Yeah. I just didn't know like the biology. And then there was a girl I knew that was actually attending the Northeastern State University program, and she majored in business. And then she found out about the PA program. BA programs are like, we're, you know, an upcoming thing. And she was like, well, all I got to do is take like a handful of prereqs to add to this. Go take them at like a community college. It'd be super cheap. And she just did that for a year. And then she got in at Northeastern State University. There's a lot that are health science majors. So like nutritionists. And I know that there were some that were dietitians for a long time. And there was also one of my classmates was a past traveling nurse. So she even had a nursing major. And then after working for a while that she wanted to expand her uh, responsibilities as a physician assistant. With you obviously just starting the program, what did your first semester look like as far as like what classes do they have you slated taken? I am currently in 15 credit hours, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's all science classes and you are in a small time crunch of like maybe four months, right? Because we're already almost, almost done with January. Um, it's going to be pretty, pretty hard. Most of all of our professors are physician assistant certified. So that was something that I also really liked about coming to Missouri State was that all of my, all of most of my teachers know exactly what I'm going to need to know in my courses because they do it every day. Right. And then we also have some doctors as well. They're going to be teaching our courses. We I'm in a human anatomy and dissection course. I'm in a radiology course. I'm in a clinical assessment course, a medical physiology, behavioral medicine. Very excited about that. We went over that kind of today. And then principles of problem solving in a clinical setting. Wow. Already that's a whole lot more diverse than the nurse practitioner side of the legitimate time. Yeah. And, and honestly, I kind of started to talk to her about that earlier. I'm actually very jealous of the range of topics that PAs get to train in and the depth. So like you said, right off the bat, radiology, that is a, no matter what field you go into as a PA, that is an extremely valuable, you know, facet of information and problem solving that you are going to have built into your training that NPs, we have to figure out as we go. That is a game changing to me out of the gate, you know, type situation for a PA. Because if you take a brand new PA and a brand new NP, they might both be very smart people, very capable, but automatically I can point at the PA and say, well, I know she's done radiology. I know she's had rotations in surgery. I know she's done this, this, and this that we may not have. There are a lot of things that I think both Ben and I agree are lacking in NP education that you are automatically getting. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I did not get radiology through nurse practitioner school until I went back for my doctorate. And then as my doctorate, I had to have more clinical hours and we got to choose a specialty. And so I chose radiology because I felt like it was important to be able to interpret x-rays and stuff appropriately. So I chose that. But you know, other people would have went, you know, went other routes like ER or things like that. But I want, I figured, like Tom said, you know, radiology is... Something no matter where you're at, you're going to use that. So I think that's great that they're giving that to you in the very beginning. So we had orientation last week. So earlier in the podcast, I was talking about how during the interview part, we had a two-day session. Well, we had an orientation, a three-day orientation session before classes started today, which I thought was very helpful as well. It kind of, you know, took the edge off of 
you're getting ready to start professional school. Like this is time to crack down on the books, right? To where we got to meet everybody and stuff like that. But, you know, as they were talking during orientation last week, they were like, we're going to be going over a lot of topics. And there's going to be a lot of things that, you know, we may not dive too deeply into, but that's something that you're going to have to consider going into your professional program is that you need to take the bits and pieces that are going to be important to your practice. So like, for example, radiology, even though we may not dive deeply into it, you are the one that's going to have to teach yourself what is going to be the most beneficial for your practice. So I had to take it upon myself. I actually bought books like on how to interpret CTs and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, which sounds fantastic, except I will tell you right now, trying to learn how to do that from a book without a real person yeah is borderline impossible <laughs> so I yeah i i really wish i hadn't spent that hundred bucks on that book but and eh, you know things happen so that's okay so we kind of learned about how you start as a pa what pushed you in that direction like what made you say one day i know what i want to do i want to torture myself for a couple of years so that i can be <laughs> a pa like what series of events crippled you it made you want to do this because I'm sure lots of bad stuff happened to Ben and I that made us think that this was a good idea. What happened to you? So I've always been a person to give acts of service in any way, whether it be community service and or just being like a big sister. That's something that I even wrote in my personal statement about how that small little step of service to my little sister made me who I am and wanting to give acts of service through humanity and healthcare. So, you know, in the beginning, it was always, I want to do something in medicine. I want to help people someday. But then when I started to, you know, kind of research, that's basically what I did. I just went home one day and was like, what even is a physician assistant? I was like, I have no idea. I know what a doctor is. I know what a nurse practitioner is. I've heard of those for years. You know what I mean? But something that I also think that Southeast Kansas lacks is physician assistants. You know, with that being said, you know, we don't have a close PA program. The closest PA programs are Tulsa, Wichita, and Missouri State University. Yeah. And those are all in a two-hour two radius. So, you know, with Pitt State having their nurse practitioner program, which is amazing. However, it gives lack of awareness to PAs in this area because there's not, you know, a program that is easy, easily accessible to certain people. So I think that's maybe a reason why I didn't know. But when I was researching, I was like, you know, I've already taken half of these classes. I mean, I was also debating going to business school because I was like, what am I doing in life? Like midlife crisis type situation. And I realized that it was a master's program. And, you know, I wasn't going to be in school for the rest of my life. You know, I was going to be able to balance a work and life ratio. But honestly, the diversity. So, you know, we, earlier we talked about how I will have more abilities to change my specialty. And honestly, that was what made it the, the most appealing. I think that dermatology would be the most beautiful side of medicine, right? Looking at rashes all day. They all look the same. So that, that could be difficult. I'll say I think you think that now, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, the more I see, especially in underserved populations, women's health, you know, in high school, there were several moments where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go to the gynecologist today. And I would have my girlfriends look at me and say, why are you doing that? Like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, you don't go, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? So I think there's, you know, this lack of education of women's health, especially where I'm from and other underserved areas that I could give great advocation for with being OB or GYN PA. That is something that right now 
is a huge calling for me. However, once I get into clinical rotations, that may change. But I'm open to anything and everything. I want to know it all. You know what I mean? So I think that was the biggest thing. That's the new blue flame attitude. And I like it, Casey. I'm I'm not dogging you. I, I think it's refreshing to hear someone say that because I remember being you. And now I'm like, whoa. she does make a good point about the lack of understanding of what PAs do and how they play part of healthcare. This is no joke. The first time, again, this was several years ago, but the first time I ever heard the word physician assistant, I was watching the show ER. One of the characters is a PA. And I was like, what the hell is a PA? What doctor is she? And someone was like, oh, she's a PA. I'm like, what's a PA? So literally, that's how I learned. Everybody knows what a nurse is. Everybody knows what a doctor is. Not as many people know what a PA is. So I think right. you are correct. There is, there is a lack of understanding out there what you guys do. So since we're going to check in with you kind of quarterly, kind of, you know, follow your progress through school, I want to pin you down right now. If you, obviously it's day one, I know, but if you had to, would it be women's health? Would that be kind of where you would go if you had your choice right now? Because I'm just curious to see how this changes as, as you go through the program. So right now it is women's health or dermatology, right? I've always been interested in dermatology. That was what I actually wanted to be if I would become a doctor, was a dermatologist. But as I, you know, changed into the physician assistant route, I grew more accustomed to my different opportunities as a PA. And so I just think that there needs to also be someone that is an advocate when it comes to women's health, especially in an area that is super underserved. So I think that's, and that's something that I think that I could grant. Like I remember this past spring, right before I graduated, I was the president of our pre-physician assistant and anesthesiologist assistant program or club on campus. Right. And we, it's a club. Yeah. We were a club. We have stickers. If you have stickers, it makes it a club, Dom. Come on. Well, well, first, first of all, I want one of the stickers, but second of all, you clearly need more things to do if you're in a club. We had a pre-med club and a pre-vet club. I was like, okay, we're not either of those. You know, we oh, need to make our own club. Yeah. But no, no, she, she's got gumption. I like it. We So we, we were able to help with a COVID-19 vaccination clinic. And I had gotten really close with one of the administrators there. And she does free mammograms the first of the month. Every first Monday of the month, she gives out free mammograms. And I was like, that is awesome. I want to be able to, to find, honestly, all it takes is the right paperwork, the right paperwork, the right um, way to go about it to grant, you know, free just accesses to healthcare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's, I mean, I was at one point where I didn't have healthcare for three years and I want to go into, you know, medicine. So I know, you know, right hand what happens. And how you do feel like you're at a loss, you know? Tom, anything else you want to add before we do our final five question segment? I'm really glad you found Casey and she's willing to come on and be interviewed throughout this whole process. I feel like we're good. I feel like we're going to learn a lot from Casey. My favorite part is in my head, I've already flashed forward to like, two years from now and she's going to be sitting here drinking scotch straight smoking a cigarette she's like i'm done with this shit for putting out a cigarette like oh i'm like oh now we're somewhere casey now we're there so it's really not that bad well it will be your last semester but i promise it gets better 
after you pass boards, then it seems so much better. So it will right. be. It'll it'll be good. It will. Yeah, sure. Possibly. <laughs> after it's not I- like you chose to start this in the middle of a pandemic, so that would be bad. Yeah, but, that's what oh, I mean. Definitely, my roommate were just talking about before this happens. We were like, "Did we decide to do medicine because of wanting us?" <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's when you need a philosophy minor. That's when you need to debate. That is philosophy go. minor. So there you go. You gotta pond- pick out your own brain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll do plenty. Don't worry. They'll you'll diagnose yourself with everything. oh oh yeah i i was invincible prior to going into medicine and now every time my chest hurts i'm like this is it this is the time i'm going down yeah exactly (laughs) oh i have a headache brain tumor like it just it's it's terrible yeah so seriously a couple years ago i was indestructible and now every day i'm like that's it stop it not that bad (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to play the music for five questions, and then we'll explain more about that here. Hang tight. Join us on a journey into the inner psyche of our guest as we ask five, 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 five questions. All right, Casey, so this is five questions, and as I kind of alluded to pre-show, we ask the same five questions to every single guest, which just lets us know more about you. And uh, I ask the questions. Tom gets to make fun of your answers. So, question one, and we only do this once. So, this is your initial preview. Like when we check in with you, we, we want to do five questions because your answers probably won't change too much. I don't know, Ben. Actually, two things. One, Casey, are you a crier? Not necessarily. Ooh, no. I think we got a chance. Second of all, <laughs> I actually think Ben, and you can edit this part out or leave it in. I don't care. But honestly, this might be the first time we want to repeat five questions because Casey will be a different person in two years. Maybe at the end we'll repeat it. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like every time I'm just saying, I think in two years, Casey will be a whopping 22 or something. Who knows? But the point is, is that she will be a different person. I think maybe five questions will be different for her then. And then we could play back her original answers too, like get her new answer and then play like her original answer for her and see what made me sound so smooth. Baby, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so fun! So, <laughs> all right, question one Casey, what's your favorite medical word? My favorite medical word, I mean, probably at this point, it's like Maybe. acceptance, right? I mean, that's- <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Mat- <laughs> matriculation. So, something that my undergrad uh dissection teacher always said was buttonholes. Okay, and this may not be in a medical dictionary somewhere, but for him it is, and it's and it's pretty pretty weird. Okay, so when you're in a human anatomy and dissection course, clearly you know you get to dissect humans, super cool. But in the skinning process, we did not follow a you know regular protocol for skinning the muscles to retract back and you know look at the muscles and vessels and all that. We made buttonholes into their skin, and then we put our fingers in the buttonholes, and you pulled back, and that's how you skinned our cadaver. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Tom. Yeah. Tom, make fun of so, that. I was telling my cohort today about that, because like, like in PA school, like we're actually going to be doing certain skinning techniques for our dissected cav- uh, uh, cadaver, right? Not Casey's like, just going to just buttonhole it. Casey's like, I got I this like, buttonhole uh, here. You know, Stick her finger in it. So, so just says we throw buttonholes and it start pulling. 
Yeah. Well, that is actually a terrifying answer. And now I feel like Casey's going to be a serial killer. That's like, that's what I no. just imagined in my head is her like flaying. She's like, I don't know how to skin a person. Like, man, that's not really something I would lead off on her first date or at a party. Like, hey, you ever seen a person skinned alive? I can do it. I can put a buttonhole on their wrist and I just pull until it's gone. So, yeah. Oh, but no, wow. I, however, Casey, if somebody's <sighs> creeping you out, you have the ace now. I have the upper hand, yeah. Yes, don't mess correct. with me. Yeah, I'll butt I remember you. my, my boyfriend that. and I were like on our first date, and he was like, so tell me something about you I don't know. And I was like, well, I've skinned a human before. And he was like, what? Yeah, that'll stop an entire conversation. Like, and I was like, well, what do I want to go into? And he goes, oh, so it was like a class. And I was like, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Just a mess with him. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I eventually told him yes, and so... He's not. Yeah. A, he's not that scared of me anymore. He doesn't like yeah. when I raise my voice. Buy one crochet needle, one, <laughs> and just keep it on your wall. And when he's like, "Why do you have one crochet needle?" You'd be like, hey, "You remember that story about buttonholes? That's where I stick the needle in to grab your buttonhole. That's my buttonhole mover. <laughs> oh I my guarantee God. you will grab attention. Guarantee that is case. so funny. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, question two. I don't even why. Okay. Buttonhole. If you could do any job in the world other than what you currently do or you're going to do, what would it be? It would probably to own my own restaurant and dance hall. Okay. So to kind of piggyback off of that, my family is uh, huge and small business. They They own all of their own little businesses. I've been a server ever since I was 12 years old. So serving comes naturally to me. And I have met some of the most influential individuals in my life through serving them a burger or, you know, getting them a tall beer or whatever it may be. I love dancing. I love going and two-stepping and hanging out with my girlfriends. And so, you know, if I didn't have to worry about anything, it would probably be to own my own business of a restaurant or a dance hall. And you can call it what, buttonholes? I mean, you can. <laughs> <laughs> the buttonholes. <laughs> I've skinned oh people alive. Yeah, that's a great name. For so, Casey, first of all, again, I applaud your spirit, which I has not been broken yet, but we'll follow up on that some other day. But while I completely understand exactly what you said, you have met people in situations that you weren't expecting, and it turned out to be a great you know, experience. Would you say that's the majority of your your time as a server? Was that? Um, no. People are asking. Okay, so okay, so what you really want is to punish other people and make them serve people burgers, so you can laugh at them for being serving burgers. Is what's going on? I mean, perhaps. Yeah, you know, I just I feel like, and that's another <laughs> thing is like I feel like everyone should work in the service industry at least once to see how the world is. Oh, oh, Casey, you are wise beyond your years because I a hundred percent agree with that. Would you play different music than other than what you like at your dance hall? Yeah, I feel like it would call bring in more more money at the end of the day. You know what I mean? See, you, got, just, you can't you can't necessarily please yeah, everybody, but I mean you got to have a wide range. Of opportunity. You know what I mean? Very savvy, Tom. Very savvy. I guess I will allow that answer, but I'm not exactly. I feel like she cheated me on the answer somehow. Like she came up with a good, smart answer, 
but it's it hard to make fun it of. It would be like, you know, every other week type thing. It wouldn't be like an every weekend thing. You know what I mean? You got you to gotta bring the majority in. And then, you know, maybe every other week have like a polka dance class or something. Polka, okay. <laughs> there we go. That's an answer I can make fun of. Polka? Oh, my God. I used God. to work at an assisted living facility. All of my older residents would go crazy over someone polka dancing on their TVs. I don't know if Casey's boyfriend's listening, but I need you to get an accordion <laughs> as soon as possible and learn how to play it because there's apparently nothing this girl loves more in the world than bowling shirts and fucking accordions because <laughs> she likes polka. Have you ever seen planes, trains, and automobiles, Casey? I don't think so. No, no. that's not the one with John Candy. Um, Home Alone. He plays the polka king. Yes, the polka king. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, Home Alone. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, now every time I see Casey, I'm going to be like, I want you to play like polka bumper music. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Oh, polka. God, Casey, you were doing so it's good. just a genre. Okay, Tom, come on. Question three, Casey. Think back to your first car. Was it it a stylish ride or a rolling turd? Uh, Side note, are you still driving that car, first of all? No, sir. No, sir. So she was a rolling turd, but everywhere we went, we were bumping. We had (laughs) the tunes, okay? We had hood pins to keep the hood down. Because it, the hood latch broke off while I was driving down the road. <laughs> so it wasn't a matter of performance. It was a matter of necessity. Exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah. She okay. got me to A to B until her some transmitter module went out in it or something like that. Transmitter. But, uh, I have <laughs> no kind, idea. I can't even it? remember. What was it? What it was, was it a, a 2000 Plymouth, Plymouth Breeze. Her name was Whoa. Breezy. She's purple. That- that is a classic first car. I that I am one hundred percent on board with this answer. Yeah, <laughs> breezy, the purple Plymouth breeze. Man, like we were we were going everywhere in that thing. Oh, I bet. And most of the places my mom did not know about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so good. Yeah, I like this. That's a good answer. Yeah. Question four, Casey. If your house is on fire, everyone, including your pets, are safe, other than pictures. What's the one thing you want to get out of your house? Laptop, jewelry. Not one thing. Jewelry. Jewelry. That's Mm -hmm. a first. Why? Why, Casey? I have my grandma's real diamond rings, so I would definitely want to keep those. Do you not wear those while you're asleep? Uh, not necessarily all the time. No. See, Casey, you could have slipped through with the laptop and the jewelry if you just said yes, but now you have to pick, <laughs> and you picked Grandma's God, diamond ring. Right. So yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all you get. So the laptop's melted. It's horrible. Yeah, it's laptop's bad. gone. All, all you know that term paper you've been working on? It's toast. It nobody <laughs> believes you either. It's just gone. I'm yeah, gonna ask you yeah, why you didn't back it up, Casey. Be thankful yeah. for the cloud. Hopefully, the <laughs> right. cloud. I was trying to figure out. So that's how old I have been. I was like, "Well, she doesn't have a flash drive. She's screwed." And I forgot about the whole cloud. Cloud, thing, yeah. 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 yeah, cloud. But usually, the cloud breaks down the moment you do need it. So, knowing yeah. my luck, yeah. all my shit so, would be out the door, anyways. So. It's I a fire. Be honest, I, I think this is the first time we've heard someone say jewelry. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I really wanted to make fun of you for being, you know, like, oh, I have to have my material things. But then you're like, but it's my grandma. So I'm like, well, God damn it. It's kind of hard <laughs> to make fun of grandma. I mean, I can try, but probably won't. Not tonight. 
<laughs> Adam Sandler says respect to the grandmas. No. <laughs> yeah, you got to respect grandmas. So. <laughs> All right. Casey Gordon's again slipped by. I'm telling you, Ugh. she's she's savvy, man. She's yeah, she's wily. This one. All right, that's it. This, I gotta, this one. <laughs> I'm buckling down for this last. All right, let's go. Yeah, Tom knows what the question is. Casey doesn't. So yeah, question <laughs> five. And here's where Tom's gonna get you. I think you have nine dollars eighteen cents in your pocket. You're at a convenience store. What all? Do Perhaps you a Casey's or a corner store. I mean, you know, whatever. And I just need to get stuff, or what? Like, what's yeah, the objective? What, yeah. What do you do? You got nine. You got nine eight ten. What are you gonna buy? I would probably get a water. Oh. And if I'm at Casey's, probably a Casey's pizza. Can you? Well, I need. Look, I'm out of this loop. Can you get an entire Casey's pizza for $9.18? No, you just get a slice, slice. but the slice is pretty big. It's gotcha. like, yeah, they got like mega slices okay. now. So that's. Yeah. Slices. Okay. So what like toppings? Almost two slices. What, what toppings? Italian sausage. Mild or hot? Probably mild. No, oh, you had it. It was right there, Casey. You were on the cusp of greatness, and you dropped it. <laughs> Mild sausage. Oh, my God. Mild it's sausage. sausage has its own little, little seasoning in it. You don't want to overdo it. Oh, my God. You know, you're going to... Mild sausage, that's what a person who sutures up sea turtles fucking gets on their pizza, okay? <laughs> I needed a real answer out of you, Casey, and I had hope, and you let me down, mild sausage. That's Your professors are going to hear this, and they'll be like, how can I trust a person in a life-and-death situation that gets mild sausage in a water? <laughs> Jesus, you couldn't even said Dr. Pepper? Ugh. No. There's so many. So, okay, so now we're up to, like, what, five bucks? What yes. do you do with the last 418? You see, you still have four get marshmallows to feed pigeons. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> what are you going to do, Casey? Do I drive there? Do I need to get gas? Is that a, is that a, a Casey? Cop? It's your, it's your answer. Why do you keep asking us? It's not my fault. You can't figure it out. Mild sausage. But if I needed gas, I'd probably, you know, take the two gallons. I'd get out of it. Cause you know, it's so freaking ridiculous right now. <laughs> so how far does breezy go on two gallons? Oh, Hey, we only had to fill her up for like 20 bucks. So she may get me, you know, at least down the road. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, that's it. I'm changing her name to Mild Sausage. That's it. You were button. You were buttonhole, but now you're Mild Sausage. So I think I'll take the Mild Sausage. <laughs> Every time you eat a Mild Sausage pizza from this point forward, Casey, I want you to be in shame. I want you to be like, what would Tom say? And I what just imagine this face. This face. Go suture a turtle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this face. That's what, that's what I want you to see. And for those that can't see my face, I'm frowning and shaking my head furiously. Mm -mm. No, that's not good. Well, Casey, we appreciate you taking some time out of uh, day one to visit with us about your journey through PA school. And we're going to check in with you routinely over the next couple of years and see how things change and how things are going. All righty. Well, thank you guys and have a good rest of your week. I hope you guys deal with the whole, I don't know. Yeah. Right Casey, Casey being in healthcare right now, at least on the provider. Well, hell, any side of it right now is like, mm -hmm. if you were at the base of Everest and someone said, holy shit, an avalanche is coming. That's pretty much where we're at right now. Right. So, so yeah, it's <laughs> every day is just a variety of how shitty can it be? I'm sure mm -hmm. it'll be different when you get out though. Well, Hopefully. the pandemic is over. <laughs> I just like to give her hope to look forward to. Right. So. I need all the hope. All the hope. 
Tom, I know we talk every week about the Echo and the 3M Litman Core Digital Stethoscope, but the thing I want to talk about today is what happened actually today as we're recording this. They updated their app, and it's amazing. It now detects AFib just through listening on your Echo through the Bluetooth. Again, I you know we talk about how great the stethoscope is, and it is a wonderful piece of equipment, but now they're continuing to be on the cutting edge of technology. Ben, we talk about it every week, not just because they pay us, but because we also actually enjoy this piece of equipment. And unlike a lot of the other sponsors you may or may not hear on other podcasts, we can say that 100% we both use this equipment and it has really improved our ability to practice. I think it would do the same for anybody out there listening. I even am related, unfortunately, to a firefighter paramedic. I'm kidding, sort of. But I let him try it, and the first words out of his mouth were, I got to get this on the truck. So I don't know anybody that uses a stethoscope that wouldn't see improvement with it. And I keep shouting it from the mountaintops because I truly believe in it. Yeah, 40-time amplification, noise cancellation, easy on-off switch, Bluetooth to your phone, to the app, detects AFib in case you can't hear it or whatever the case may be. It's great. So... If you want to find out more, you can go to echohealth.com. It's ekohealth.com. Use code JSP. It gives you $50 off your order. Let's know that we sent you. Tom, once again, you know, that CBD stat, that CBD oil that they have. My neck has been bothering me this week. I don't know if it's from us camping and sleeping wrong. I've been using that roll-on like crazy, and it has been wonderful to keep me at the office and working. Actually, I was just talking about that today is I've just had this like crick in my neck and I just kept saying it. I can't wait to get home. Well, not because then I won't be at work, but also because then I can also use the CBD stat muscle roll on just like you were talking about. And it works. I, I can't stress this enough. It actually works. I've had other people use some sample stuff. I've had them use the salve, the cream. The only thing I haven't tried is the drops, which I know you have and had good success with. Yeah, we talk about it. But I can't stress enough how much it really does help with what you're aiming for. I agree. And they love their healthcare workers. They are offering a 40% permanent discount for healthcare workers. You go to cbdstat.care slash healthcare, fill out that form, and you get 40% off your order. And you know, because they love their healthcare people and because we are healthcare, they want to help our listeners that aren't in healthcare too. So if you're one of our listeners and you're not in healthcare and you can't get that 40% discount, go to cbdstat.care. Put all your stuff in your cart, and then when you go down to the coupon code JSP20, you get 20% off. It's great stuff. CBDstat.care. And if you haven't thought about purchasing anything, please, at least go to the website, look at the different products, and just start imagining how it can help you out, because I want to tell you it's helped me, and it's helped Ben, and I think it can help you too. Well, Tom, with the proverbial, we can never have nice things, or this is why we can't have nice things. Like I tell my children frequently, we have a guest tonight, Amberlyn, and she actually reached out to us and said, hey, guys, I really like the show. Thanks, a wonderful show. And then now we've made her come on the show and become a guest. So this, is why, we can't, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Yeah. This is literally the definition of instant regret. Like it sounded like such a good idea to her. I'm sure of it. And now that she's here, she's like, Mm-mm, I do not wish to be doing this. And that's OK, Amberlyn. So. Tonight, we're going to be interviewing a nurse practitioner student. Is that correct, Amberlyn? Yep, that's right. 
Okay, and we're going to be finding out why somebody would still want to go into this after listening to us talk about it for the past couple of years and just kind of see what's going on, how the student life is, and maybe people that aren't nurse practitioners or in the healthcare field will learn some stuff and maybe pique their interest. And for people that have been doing it for a while, it'll be a good time to listen and go, oh, yeah, I remember when I thought like that. So it's going to be a great, <laughs> it's going to be a great interview, Amber Lynn. She's a little nervous, everybody. It's okay, but we're going to walk her right through this and it's going to be fantastic. I'm sure of it. I agree. I think it's going to be great. So Amber Lynn, why don't you give us a little bit of background? I mean, obviously with going to nurse practitioner school, you're a nurse. So why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourselves and your background? Okay. So I'll start with schooling. So I went to Pitt State originally, which is in Pittsburgh, Kansas. And then I basically kind of got nervous about my GPA, which wasn't bad, but they told me that the regular GPA to get in there was 3.9. And I was a little bit shy of that. What I did was I met with my advisor and I ended up transferring to Fort Scott Community College and did my ADN through them. But I also got my bachelor's from KU at the same time. So it ended up working out really well because I got my bachelor's degree a semester earlier than I would have if I would would have went to Pitt State. Straight out of school, I got a job as a graduate nurse and I was on the step-down ICU floor, which I'm still PRN at that job, but I've moved on to travel nursing now. So I'm on my first travel nurse contract and then I'm just going to work PRN once I start NP school, which that starts in May for me. Oh, so we're, we're so new. You're not even in class yet. Not yet. Oh, this is even more exciting. I thought we were going to, oh, so what made you want to make the leap from bedside to provider? You know, that's kind of always been my overall goal even in high school. So I've known that this is exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to get a few years of experience, travel for a little bit, and then do NP school. I love school. I'm a nerd in that aspect and I love learning. So I never planned to stop at the bedside. That wasn't really my goal. Well, I I do like, and I'm going to give you props for the statement that you just said of, well, I want to go out and work for a few years, get some education. And I, you know, in, in, I, I want to call it real nursing because, you know, with, I mean, with nursing school, they teach you book nursing and it's everything is, it, you know, everything is perfect and every patient exact, you know, acts the exact way they're supposed to. But then I'm glad that you're getting some experience prior to going to NP school, which is one of the big things we've advocated for. We advocate for, and I literally almost said, oh, so you're doing it the way it was intended to be done. That's amazing. <laughs> it doesn't seem to happen like that every time anymore. And I think that's a real disservice. So when I hear a young nurse say, I'm going out, I'm getting experience. And then I made the decision, even if you already knew you wanted to do it, you still took the time to get that base knowledge and experience as bedside before making that leap to provider. And again, that's something Ben and I have talked extensively on the show about, and we do think that's the best. And I really appreciate you doing it. Yeah, I completely agree. I do it as I was obviously a CNA before I was a nurse. And I think nurses that were AIDS prior to that make the best bedside nurses. They can understand and they can communicate best with their text. And so I think that getting the experience as a nurse is going to help me better nurse practitioner. 100% 100% agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I wish every uh, NP student thought the way that you did. <laughs> so <laughs> what was it about nursing that appealed to you? Just even going back to like bedside. Just hands-on being able to care for people and make a difference. I also 
love critically thinking, getting my hands dirty, all of it. I, I love every generic reason of being a nurse, I guess. <laughs> so you're saying you're a walking cliche when it comes to nursing. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. That's okay. I mean, Hey, you know what? They're, they're there for a reason. Somebody said them, you know, before. So I did pause for a second. Cause I mean, bedside nursing, there's a lot of bodily fluids and things that you deal with occasionally. And she said, I like to get my hands. And I'm like, Oh boy. Well, I guess you picked the right area. <laughs> so there you go. So, so you were accepted to NP school. So when did you get like your acceptance letter or, or whatever that you got saying you were going to get into school? Yep. It was Christmas. So it was like January, no, <laughs> December, like 28th, I think something like that. Okay. And so then you'll be starting in May, like you said, right? Yeah. And I'm going to ask this, and this is a dual question. Like there's two levels to it because it's the same question, but I want to know it for both bedside and provider, if that makes any sense. So did you know, or did you have an idea of what type of bedside nurse you wanted to be and how did that turn out? And then the same to nurse practitioner. Do you have an idea in your head going into it of stuff you want to specialize in, or do you have a focus you want to try and go towards? So for bedside, most of my experience was in a nursing home. And I did a little bit of that as like a side gig right out of school, but I was super burnt out and wasn't loving that track. So I had also had a nurse tech job at Freeman on TCU, which is the step down ICU unit. And so I just kind of lean towards that straight out of school because I had connections there. It ended up being a really good floor just to learn and grow on because you get a lot of the cardiac drips. We get insulin drips. We can do pretty much everything on that floor that the ICU can except have intubated, sedated patients. So that was a really good learning point for me. As far as NP school goes, I'm leaning more towards outpatient setting. I have thought about doing acute like inpatient things, but I think if I did outpatient, I would want to do like dermatology. So you like looking at zits and rashes? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Now, and Tom wasn't uh, the interview was several weeks, even maybe a month or so ago. Wasn't our VAs didn't it? Wasn't one of her things that she had considered going into with dermatology as well? I believe so. And I don't blame them. I mean, Anybody that's worked in the hospital setting, have you ever heard them say overhead, stat, paging, incoming trauma, we need dermatology to the ER? Like, you never heard that. Like, that doesn't happen. So if you are going to stay in the outpatient, first of all, that's nothing against dermatologist. okay? That is just, I think they picked the sweet spot. That's like radiology. I'm always in awe of them. Like, you're way smarter than I am. Like, you knew, you knew. And you pick the right one. So that's a tip of my hat to Amberlynn. Like, I think she's a smart girl. She's going into, she thought about dermatology. Not saying you'll end up there. That's what I was going to lead to next. But no, I think that's an admirable, you know, people need their skin taken care of. What I was going to say, though, is if it does not work out that way, what types of things in medicine have always interested you? Because it has been my experience that people always want to go one way. And I will say 75% of the time they end up somewhere else. So what types of things interest you about medicine or becoming a provider? Like, what are you looking forward to learning and then being able to apply to your patients? That's a tough question. That's all we have here, Amberlynn. They're all tough. <laughs> the reason I want to go in P route is because, you know, you get a little bit more independence 
But I also feel like having the physician overlooking things is great, if that makes sense. So I, I don't really know. So you want a safety net. Which, and as a new NP, you should have a safety net. I mean, I'm- and I know I've said this on, you know, other shows and I'll say it again right now. While I think most nurse practitioners should be independent, I don't think any nurse practitioner should start that way. I think we should all have a supervising authority for at least some time and get used to our role because it is going to be Amberlynn. If I can tell you anything, I could tell you this. The switch from bedside to becoming a provider is dramatic. And it doesn't seem that way when it doesn't even, it didn't even seem that bad when I was going through school. But the first time my name was the signature on the order, let me tell you, life (laughs) takes a sudden and vicious turn. And yeah, so I and I'm totally still supportive. I think you should do it. Everything you said is something that if people aren't looking forward to or haven't thought of, they should. I think that's a very good way of looking at it is, hey, we should have supervising authority for a period of time, at least, you know, I'm I'm not saying there isn't a time to move to independence, but I think that safety net is not only vital for learning, but it's a vital for becoming a provider to have somebody to mentor, even if they have to do it legally, (laughs) having somebody ask questions to is of the utmost importance to a new provider. So I'm looking at the curriculum moving forward because you know you're not in school yet but you're you know, right around the corner are there any classes that really stand out that you're like this one worries me this one I'm, i know is is going to be my problem child so to speak advanced pharmacology is probably going to be it for me <laughs> i took regular pharmacology online which was a huge mistake. I did learn, but not what I needed to. I've learned pretty much everything through actually doing it, which I know is a lot of nursing just in general, but yeah, I think advanced pharmacology is going to be the beast for me. Two things about that real quick before I ask my question. And I don't even care if you leave this in the show or not, Ben, every NP student I've precepted, that's the discussion we have. It's advanced, you know, advanced getting more, you know, comfortable with medications, dispensing them, prescribing when etc also i would say you were you already said it but there is something to be said for online versus you know sit down classes and i agree with that but i feel the majority of the time the hands-on experience is by far the most rewarding and the most learning like you can learn in theory from a book all day long but when you have to start putting the rubber to the road it becomes a different ball game. So having said all that, my question for you is, what have you been doing to prepare for your classes coming up? Honestly, not a whole lot <laughs> because I'm on this nurse practitioner, sorry, I'm on this travel contract. And so between working there and then driving back on my days off and then working my PRN job, I'm also in graduate statistics, which is like the last prereq before I start in May. So I haven't done a whole lot besides hands-on nursing experience. No. Yeah. And while pharmacology is important, uh, and I will not, you know, downplay that, and I think Tom will agree to this, once you get out into practice and you're out a couple of years, you're going to have, you know, 15, 20 medicines that you use all the time, and then everything else you're going to have to look up. I mean, it's just the way that it, you become a creature of habit. 
you become a creature of habit. I also think it's really important. I try and tell people it's more about knowing the direction you want to go, know your classes, know a couple of the meds, but realistically being able to funnel things down right off the bat kind of really helps out the pharmacology. For instance, like upper respiratory infections, everyone thinks they need an antibiotic. No, you don't. So once you can figure out what things need antibiotics and what things don't, suddenly it becomes a lot easier <laughs> to start prescribing things versus going, I have to know every medicine. You can't, you, you can't. And I'll tell you right now, I think it's a disservice to try and teach students or tell students if they do this, you know, at other places, you have to know everything. I'm like, you don't, and that's impossible. So stop telling them that. So I think Ben hit that one right on the head. You're going to find a couple of medicines that you're really comfortable with. And then from there, it's going to be like, oh, okay, where's the PDR? <laughs> like, where's where's my Hippocrates app? I need to open it up and find out what this med is. So some of those things, Amberlynn, I guess what we're saying is don't worry too much about that. Advanced pharmacology is always a speed bump. Don't worry about it. And I don't mean that bad. That's no disservice to advance. I'm just saying, I think everyone has that same thought process. But when you look back, it won't be the monster that you anticipate. That's helpful. And it's also really great to know that you guys as advanced providers oh, still look God. at things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, daily. I will stand here and and I'm very honest with my patients. I will tell my patients, and I only say I'm honest with patients because I've seen other providers say, oh, well, let me go step out of the room for a second. And I want to tell you, you know what? I'm going to go out and do some research real quick. I'll come back in. We'll formulate a plan. I have no problem telling my patient that because I don't want them to think that I know everything. So no, I utilize up to date at least daily, whether it's looking up a medication, whether it's researching weird diseases that may just wander into the clinic. We still research the hell out of stuff. Research the hell out of it every day. I say, I said it today. Somebody said, I think I have and insert whatever weird, rare disease you think of. And I was like, I don't know what that is, <laughs> or I don't know enough about that to make an accurate guess. So we're going to have to come back to that, you know? So that does happen. The next thing I would tell you, and this is also something I don't know why schools don't rely on this. And I felt the exact same way at bedside. So Amberlynn, I want to hear your opinion on this going into nurse practitioner school or what you're expecting. I should say in RN school, they made it seem like you had to know everything. And then when I got out, I was like, do you know how many easy references I have available to me? Like, why did you make this seem like it was the end of the world if I did not memorize the peak onset of amoxicillin? Like, what? Nobody, what? Why are you bothering with that minutia versus proper, you know, this and treatment options? Like, that would probably be a much better option than trying to make us learn every minute detail. So did you ever feel like that going through nursing school? And how do you feel like you're going to tackle obstacles like that as you go through provider training? Absolutely. 100%. I felt like that. I feel like we learn a lot of the wrong things in nursing school. I think they're just teaching so you can pass the NCLEX, unfortunately, because they care about their NCLEX pass rate, which is fair, but also unfair to the students. I think the best thing as a student that I can do is ask at clinicals, the nurse practitioners or the physicians that I'm following what they think the best utilization of my time would be instead of just focusing on schoolwork. This girl is smart. 
obviously I like is this that. a ringer like, this is she really an np yeah. and she's just talking to us like <laughs> i'll just joke around and act like i've never been to school because you're saying all the right stuff amber lynn no i'm not <laughs> hey there you go she told me i was wrong that's the final answer interview's over let's go pull the mic and maybe tom this maybe it's something we need to do because i know we did it oh gosh it was probably like our fifth episode oh, maybe. i don't even maybe remember like what that is early we talked about the references oh, that we use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe it's something we need to do yearly or, or, you know, just yeah, to do because, an update I mean, on that. Yeah, change. we can do that. Oh, for sure. Things have changed since that. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's a good thing for students to hear because yeah, there are references that we still use every day. And, you know, you're talking about like Emerlin, like going to clinical sites and asking people. So when I did my clinicals, I would ask the physician that I was working with, Hey, how do I do this? Or how do I, you know, whatever the case may be like, you know, a, a knee injection, let's say. And, and I've told this around on the show before, but he would go into his office and he would pull out his Finnegan, Finnegan and Fowler's procedures for primary care. And he would hand it to me. And so then like, you know, a few weeks would go by and I ask, well, how much steroid do I put in this shot that I'm brought? You know, whatever the case may be again, whatever procedure it was. And he'd walk into his office and he'd hand me that book. After about three times, I'm like, apparently, this is an important book to have. Yes, apparently, I should get this book. And I still use it because it does have a lot of great information. So you're absolutely right that, yes, I mean, they, the schools do teach to pass NCLEXs, and it is somewhat of a disservice, I agree. Once you get out, there are just tons of resources. So make sure that you are getting with your clinical instructors, looking at what other providers are using, whether, you know, because if you get lucky enough to be in a clinical site where you have multiple providers there, that's brains that you can take of, well, how do you know, you know, how do you look this up or how do you do this? So I saw it in a video recently and it's something I've said before. So it made me feel a lot better about myself to be honest, but it was, you don't always have to know the answer, but you should at least try and know where to look for the answer. All right. And that's what I was getting at earlier with reference materials. So Amberlin, you're one of the things that I would tell you, again, things change as you become a provider apps on a phone. There are a lot of great reference apps that have easy access and they are right at your fingertips. So we can talk about that off the air so that we're not advertising for anything. But I think it's important to remember that also, especially the first time you go to tell somebody like, the first time your preceptor said, okay, go see that student or student, good Lord. <clears throat> the first time your preceptor says, go see that patient and come back and tell me what's going on. You're going to be nervous. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's a great experience, but Amberlynn, what I guess I'm trying to get at is I don't want you to ever feel like, and this is all NP students, but I'm talking to them all through Amberlynn. And that is you'd never have to know every answer, but I never want to hear a student say to me, I don't know. And then just sit there. If you don't know, that's fine, but tell me your plan and how you plan to fix it. Like, those are the things that I would tell you going forward that your preceptors are likely going to want to hear. So just keep that in mind as we go forward. And I noticed this interview has turned more to us talking to Amber Lynn. But do you know how how so let's, let's fix this real quick. Okay, Amber Lynn, what is the uh, maximum dose of amoxicillin you can give somebody for a near infection? Pass. Okay, there you go. Okay, well, that's good enough also. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I was going to say, so we talked about kind of, you know, where you started and how things are going. And we've, we talked briefly about, you know, possibly dermatology. 
but what are your plans down the road? Like, what is the foundation that you want to leave as a nurse practitioner? Do you want to get involved in like organizations? Do you just want to work as a nurse practitioner, do your 20 years and retire? What do you see your future as? You know, I'm surprised I'm not in any organizations as just a nurse. In nursing school, I was like super involved. I was on the Kansas State Board or whatever for nursing students. So as a nurse practitioner, I would love to get involved in that way. I think you learn a lot and you see a lot more when you're hands-on involved with those organizations. I wouldn't know where to start as far as which ones are the best, which you guys could help with that if either of you are involved. But yeah, I I definitely am not just a sit back and do my 20 years and then be done type of person. So I think eventually after getting a few years with another provider and my feet wet and everything like that, once I'm more comfortable, I'd love to open my own place wherever they that might be, whatever specialty I'm in. But does that answer yeah, the question? So okay. and I, and because, I should have told her no. I should be like, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> I need you to elaborate. No. So, you know, because we're going to make you a continuing segment as far as, you know, we're going to check in with you periodically to see how school is going, see, you know, where things are at as far as that goes. I want to pin you down. For, so if you had to pick right now what you would do when you graduate, it would be dermatology or I, I want to pin you down to an answer. Yeah, I'd say dermatology right now. Okay. So Amberlynn, before we go into the final segment, I guess my last question is we're recording this and as Ben just talked about, this is going to be an ongoing, you know, segment. What do you think your future self is going to want to hear from you now? Like, what would you want to say to your future self about how you feel right now going into nurse practitioner school? Just keep going. Don't stop because it better be fucking worth it. <laughs> that, that is a question. I don't know that you will ever have a great answer on. I, I think it's, it, it's worth it. I, it, yeah, is. it is worth it. But what I was going to maybe go a little more in depth on for a second. And I think Ben would agree with me. And I would love to hear from any nurse practitioner that wants to get a hold of us. Let us know how you feel. But I, to me, it's not a study. There are days I am happier than I could possibly be. And then there's days like today where I'm like, mm, the biggest mistake of my life was going into healthcare. So it's just one of those. I think it's a roller coaster. And my last, I guess, based on what your answer was, advice to you was it's not a linear path, you know, so it is worth it. Keep your head up. You're going to do great. I could tell by your answers already. But you're going to have those days where you don't want to get out of bed because you don't want to go to school and you don't want to do it anymore. And that's okay. But you have to. Wow, Tom. That's how I feel about healthcare in general right well, now. Well, there you so. go. It, it's no different. It's just bigger. <laughs> it's a, it's your, yeah. your Lego piece is going to go from a two square to a four square. That's literally what's going to happen in your life. All right. It's the same thing. You're just, you're responsible for more. So just be, just be prepared. But I think, I think you got a good head on your shoulders. I think you're just fine. Oh, yeah, I agree. All right, Amberlynn. So we are going to do five questions. You are a fan of the show, so you know what five questions is. So what we do is we ask the same five questions to every guest just to get us, let us know a little bit more about you and your inner psyche. I, I do have 
How many shows have you listened to, Amberlynn? Probably like five. Honestly, I listen to them over Christmas and then I am a crime junkie. So I always play that on my drives to Springfield and back. But I love what I listen to. That's why I messaged Ben to begin okay. with. Have you heard us? A... But I have no idea. Oh, okay, what that's what I was that's be. what oh, I was getting oh, at good. is have you heard the five questions? Well, then this is even more exciting for me now. <laughs> so with five questions, I ask the questions. Tom makes fun of your answers. Don't put a lot of thought into these. These are just meant to be kind of tongue-in-cheek, funny stuff. So question one, what's your favorite medical word? Sphygmomanometer. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I learned that one in high school, and it's just so... It's such a weird word, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, and nobody says it. Yeah. No. As a matter of fact, I think there are probably very competent, intelligent healthcare providers that if you said that word, they would literally take like 15 seconds to figure out you were talking about blood pressure cuff. Like they'd be like, What? What do I huh? What is that a procedure? Oh, wait a yeah. second. Yeah, now I know what you're talking about. No, that's a great word. It's a funny word. It is. I agree. <laughs> so and you just like it because it sounds funny or was there a story attached? Not that you have to tell the story. I'm just saying, like, is there anything else that goes with it? Yeah, I was in health careers in high school for four years. And our high school teacher made us take a test on how to spell the word. <laughs> so yeah, that was real useful information. <laughs> Thanks, teach. Yeah, yeah. totally. Because <laughs> I use that every day in my charting. Exactly. <laughs> Question two. If you could do any job in the world other than what you currently do, what would it be? Be a Chick-fil-A employee. That's a first <laughs> for the show. Tom, what do you got for that? I I, I don't. <laughs> I've I, never seen Tom okay, hold on. I'm impressed. I'm sure I'm going to find something, but that is a really good answer. Okay. Why? <laughs> I got to start picking apart the reason because the job itself is flawless. That's a great answer. So I got to find why. I got to chisel away at that. They all seem so happy when they're at work. And I've heard that they get treated very well, which as you both know, we do not as healthcare workers. <laughs> oh my God. Damn, you know, she's awesome. That's a win. Okay. Never mind. Go into question three. I don't, that's, it doesn't happen very often, <laughs> but every once in a while someone throws an answer and I'm like, you know what? That's just the right answer. So. There you go. All right, Amberlynn. Question three. Think back to your first car. Was it a stylish ride or a rolling turd? Rolling turd. What was it? <laughs> it was like a 2004 Ford something. It was a car and something. I wrecked it into. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was ugly. And then I wrecked it into a pole and it got totaled. So. Were you were you injured? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I'm still going to make fun of your answer, but now I just kind of feel bad about it. Oh, not badly. Not badly. I had like... Oh, well then, okay. Tom, did you not hear yeah, about no. that high-selling <laughs> 2004 something? I mean, they were... Yeah. Everybody had a something back in the day. My. <laughs> so what color was it? Red. So we had a red something. Did you do anything to it? Did you trick it out? Uh, no. Uh -uh. Wow. So basically what you're telling me, Amber Lynn, is that you're just lazy. You had a shitty car and you did nothing to make it better. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Okay, there you go. You know what? Um, I'm going to tell you right now, Amber Lynn, Chick-fil-A does not look uh, kindly on uh, laziness. So you're going to have to step that up if you want to be a server at Chick-fil-A. All right. I've, watched, I've seen the commercials. They expect more from their employees. They do have great commercials. So. Uh, wow. Question four, Amber Lynn. If your house is on fire and everyone, including your pets, are safe, other than pictures, what's the one thing you want to get out of your house? 
my accordion file of all my important shit. <laughs> okay, wow. Well, I really thought it was going to stop with my accordion and I was like, oh, no. my God, Tom's going to have a baby with I can't tell you the joy in my heart that swelled up because I was like, if this chick stops at accordion, I th- I'm going to lay havoc to her mental stability if she says accordion <laughs> so all right hold on my brain actually shut off after you said accordion because it started winding up with stuff to say to you so accordion file full of what like my important things like my social security card my i don't know my taxes are, <laughs> everything's in there what amberlyn are you 94 do you have an aarp <laughs> card <laughs> What is going on? An accordion file of stuff like my social security card or taxes. You just fucking said that to me on a show knowing I was going to make fun of you and you still had the balls to say that. I got to tell you, Amberlynn, that is just fantastic. But what? Like that? How... Do you live in a fish tank? Like, is there nothing else in your house that you would rather grab than an accordion file? No, because all the other stuff is replaceable. But oh, how yeah? am I going to do my taxes if I don't have? Who the fuck cares about taxes? Your house is burning down, Amberlynn. <laughs> what? You could have said your phone. You could have said your computer, which all have your tax information available to it. But you didn't, Amberlynn. You picked an accordion file. At this point, I kind of wish you had actually said accordion. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I, gotta... I, I stand by that. So, well, you're going to have to because I'm not letting you get off of it. And that is by far one of the nerdiest, if not nerdiest, answers I've ever heard. Like you, you <laughs> had, you were on such a good run. I knew at some point you were going to trip up. And here it is, accordion file. There you go. That's, that's it. We're renaming this episode accordion file. That's what's going to happen. Accordion file. I just can't stop thinking. <laughs> I just now in my head, I have never seen Amber Lynn. I have no clue what she looks like. She could have seven arms at this point. I don't know. But I had this little movie in my head of like a rainy night, a house is on fire, and through the flames comes Amber Lynn running with a fucking accordion file, not like a dog or a cat or her. It's just the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I appreciate it, Amber Lynn. Thank you. Well, to be fair, he did say my dog was safe in this scenario. That's true. No, no, I, I, I know. Yeah, I, I said true. it's my movie in my head. I'm just saying, I just can't believe she went with accordion file. <laughs> all right. All right. Question five. You have $9.18 in your pocket. You're at the convenience store or the gas station. What all do you buy? A pack of gum and Doritos. Okay. Hold on. What's in the cup? Diet Dr. Pepper. Communist. <laughs> Diet Dr. Pepper is communist. <laughs> what? Yes. Diet what Dr. about Pe- Diet Coke? Okay, that's fine. Dr. Pepper's okay. communist. Okay. What type of gum? Anything like mint, like the green mint. Okay, so spearmint. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Are you a soft gum or the hard shell gum fan? Soft. People right. like the hard shell gum? Yeah. A lot of them, believe it or not. Hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? I'm not, you know what? I'm not I'm not against what she just said there. There's some people out there though that they do. All right. But here is with her 95-year-old dentures, she's got to use Oh yeah, no shit. She's got fix a dent and all <laughs> sorts of shit to worry about now. But this is 
I mean, I could even live with Diet Dr. Pepper, though it is communist, and you were correct to switch that to Diet Coke. That was the right the right choice. Here's this is vital information, Amberlynn. What type of Doritos? The red ones. Oh my god! Uh, the yeah. original, yeah. Like not even like spicy nacho, just regular nacho cheese. No, I think they've ruined Doritos by giving anything but the original red and the blue. Like making all the different flavors. I don't like any of them. Hmm, that's an interesting. Uh, you know, Tom. I'm, I'm willing to accept this answer. Based on the pure fact that she's clearly too young to have lived when the black bag of Doritos was out. What flavor was that? It was like um, jalapeno Monterey Jack or something like that. Yeah, you missed out on uh, there was a green bag, the Salsa Verde Doritos. You missed out on the golden era of Doritos, Amberlynn. Didn't they have like a depression and stripper tears? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they had every flavor for a while there, Amberlynn. No, I I like the classic. I like a purist. I can support that. I can go with that. I I gotta say I'm a cool ranch guy myself, but you know there is something to be said for Doritos. Enough is enough. Stick with the red and blue. I it's not a stance I completely agree with, but. I think I think I can support her feeling that way. I understand that. So other than the Diet Dr. Pepper, I think that was an okay answer. Thank you. Wait a second. How much are we at? How much are we at, Ben? So like three bucks for the gum, like two eighty nine or something like that. Fountain drink, we'll say another two bucks. Doritos are like a dollar twenty nine. So what? Well, I mean, there's like eight bucks. So like what are you gonna do with that dollar, Amberlynn? Mm, I don't know. Has the the cheap stick it in your accordion file for later. Yes, that's what I'll do with it. <laughs> emergency dollar in your accordion. Do you have an emergency dollar file in your accordion file there? No, I don't. I barely ever have cash. I put everything on my cards. So I know no. that's old people. But I'm just saying, <laughs> if you, yeah, I'm sure you have like that, that one extra space in your accordion file. You should make that your dollar emergency dollar bill file. And just keep an emergency dollar bill in there at all times. Got it. God, okay. I just want to make sure. Like, that's what we're here for, Ben. Is we're here to educate and help the new generation along. I'm doing what I can. I have a question for you, Tom. Oh, oh, oh this is oh. a JSP first. Flipping Let's, yeah, I, oh, I'm stretching. Yeah, cracking knuckles. All right, it's let's a, go. Bring a really easy one, I think. But since you've mentioned my age twice now, how old do you think I am, based on my answers? Based based on what you said, 24. Okay, Ben. What about you? What is this price is right? <laughs> I was like, I was say like 24 and a half. You were close. I knew you were in that range. I was like, she's under 25. I didn't know exactly where, but I was like, she's between 21 and 25. So I I felt confident on that one. <laughs> well, so this concludes six <laughs> questions now because you know add that extra question in there. Well, Amberlyn, thank you so much for coming on the show and getting, you know, agreeing to be interviewed and agreeing to kind of come back occasionally and touch base with us and see how nurse practitioner school is going. We like the answer was like pinning you down as far as what you wanted to do once you got out of school, you know, things like that. We want to see how much that changes as you progress through school and you're all bubbly and happily now. And a couple of years from now, you're going to be like, you know, Tom smoking a cigarette, <laughs> yeah, smoking a cigarette, drinking a scotch. Like I can't, I can't make it up anymore. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, Amberlynn, what happened? 
How about you need to reach deep into that accordion file and find your sanity? Where's that at? So there you go. Just go to the anytime you have trouble, Amberlynn, just remember this. It's in the accordion file. Okay. That's where you go. When you need it, that's where you look. I think you're jealous of my accordion file. Oh, yeah. That's the word I'd use. Hysterically laughing is the word I would use, but you can go ahead and use jealousy if you want, Amberlynn. <laughs> Somehow you're 24. And 97. It's amazing. It's not a normal combination we see a lot, but, you know, I appreciate it. It works for her. I mean, is your favorite type of music polka? No. Okay. Well, I mean, there was a good chance. Same with that.